Hello, you're listening to the Sydney Writers Centre podcast on writers and writing. My name is Valerie Koo and you can find us online at sydneywriterscentre.com.au. We're Australia's leading writing centre and you'll find a wealth of resources on our website and blog, including interviews with authors, writing tips and valuable ideas on how to get published. Whether you're interested in writing a novel, short story or articles for magazines, you'll find information and courses to help you get there. Or if you want to hone your business writing skills, we can help you too. Our presenters are the best in the industry. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Lara Morgan is the author of the new young adult series, The Rosie Black Chronicles. The first book, Genesis, will be released in October 2010. Lara started writing at the age of seven when she plagiarised a version of Enid Blyton's The Magic Faraway Tree. Since then, she has worked in the arts as a project officer, worked in newspapers as a production manager and an editor, and written a weekly TV column for a local paper. In 2003, she won the Australian Women's Weekly Short Story Contest, which led to an invitation to write a story for Girls' Night In, published by Penguin in 2004. In 2008, she published her first book, Awakening, the first in a fantasy trilogy with Pan McMillan. Thanks for joining us today, Lara. No problem. It's great to be here. So tell us, when did you decide you wanted to become a full-time writer and what prompted that decision? Well, I've always been involved in writing. I've always loved English and loved stories and things like that. Um, But um, in late 96, early 97, I'd... um, went overseas and uh, when I came back I had this really weird thing I just woke up one morning and thought well I'm just going to write a book wow. and as you do yeah. you know, books are really easy to write yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it sort of went on from there but that was sort of the first conscious thought that I really want to write something and get something published Wow. And so, but before that, had you had an interest in writing or? Oh, yeah. I've always had an interest in writing. I did a Bachelor of Arts, which had a creative writing unit in it. And I wrote, you know, lots of stories when I was in primary school and high school. I had like a a book that I used to write really bad poetry in and things like that, as we do when we're teenagers. So that was in the late 90s. What did you do then when you woke up and you thought, I want to write a book? What What did you do to your, your next steps to make that happen? Well, I just started um, thinking about a novel I had in mind. And um, over about 10 years, I, I developed this uh, fantasy novel, um, working off and on, off and on. And it really changed a lot over that period of time. So it was you know, after work and on weekends and things like that. Just filling it out as I went, really. And then you won in 2003 the Australian Women's Weekly Short Story Contest, which is very hotly contested. Um, Were you surprised? Had you entered many short story contests before that? I had not. uh, I had not entered many short story competitions before that. It was actually um, on the suggestion of my sister, who was reading Women's Weekly and saw the competition and said, look, you should enter this, you should enter this, and she harassed me (laughs) until I did it. And um, to my absolute shock, I won. I remember getting the phone call when I was actually at work and just sitting there just in total disbelief. Wow. (laughs) It was quite surreal. And so did you write a short story specifically for the contest or did you submit one that was already... No, I wrote one specifically for it because I write mostly fantasy 
sort of stuff. And I thought, well, fantasy, I don't think fantasy is really appropriate for Women's Weekly <clears throat> sort of readership. So I wrote more of a contemporary fiction, mystery, crime sort of story mm. and um, specifically for it. And that's what I sent off. It was called Salt. And so tell us why you're so interested in fantasy. You know, it's, it's just something that's always been part of my life. My favourite books growing up were things like The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe mm-hmm. and, and The Hobbit. And when I was young, I have very vivid memories of my mum actually reading me Lord of the Rings. She'd read a chapter every night to myself and my siblings. Mm. I think that had a huge impact on me. I just love the idea of alternate worlds and escaping from reality and having things that you just don't get in normal life. So then in 2007, you published your first book, Awakening. Uh, end of 2008. End yes. of 2008, Awakening. Yes. Tell us yes. about the seed of the idea that, that eventually became Awakening and how it eventually became a book. Well, that was a very long process because that's the first book I've written, but that was the one it took 10 years. I mean, it started out, it was just going to be a sort of parallel universe story. Yeah. Um, but then it, it just totally became a whole different world and I spent you know, a lot of time building a world and figuring out the story of these two twins, Sean and Talis. And um, over the years, it really developed and it was a lot of fun. And then I got... Um, an agent in late 2007, and she sold it off in early 2008. Mm. And did you, do you remember when you were told that news? I absolutely remember. I remember when I got my agent because I'd actually, I'd gone to Europe with my um, then boyfriend, husband, and we were in Sparta. No, not in Sparta, Kalamata, sorry. Mm. We'd had a horrendous bus trip and I checked the email and there was an email from um, Claire Forster, who's my agent, saying that she would love to be my agent. So I remember that exact time. And then I was staying at a friend's house when she rang me up and said, I've got some great news for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what. And she sold it, which was just fantastic news. So how soon after she became your agent did she sell it? Um, oh, gosh, it was a few months. It wasn't actually that long. Right. She um, did sell it quite fast. Right. Maybe it was for four to six months. It's hard to remember sometimes these details. <laughs> mm, mm. Mm, mm. So how does it, I mean, what's it like? You you had a gestation period of 10 years kind of mm. thing. Don't you get sick of it? <laughs> well, no. Um, I think it's harder because I did it over such a long period of time and I wasn't writing all the time in that 10 years. There were some times where I, just, I didn't write at all because... I had no deadlines. I had not really any clear idea of where I was going. Mm. Um, so it was a very long process where there was little, very little pressure on me because it was just me in my own little world doodling along. Um, but now I have contracts and, and deadlines. It, um, it's a more intense thing and um, I have to get it done. And um, sometimes it can be a period of time where I just think, oh, I just want to get it done and get it over with. But um, I still enjoy it once it's actually done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so in that time, did you? How, what did you do to hone your craft? What did you do to improve your writing? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the best way to improve your writing is just to write. Yeah. Um, I went, I, well, because I was living in, in Geraldton, which is fairly remote, I um, did whatever writing workshops <clears throat> came up at the time. There was one with Gabriel Lord, 
we came to visit Gerald and I went to that. And I'm just researched on the internet and reading a lot of um, how-to writers' books like Ursula Le Guin's books mm. and um, other very Drunk and White, which is just a Bible for anyone who wants to write mm. about um, structure and just um, trying to edit myself and just do the best I can. I think that's all you can do when you don't have any other direction. You just got to keep writing. It's the only way to get better. Sure. And you were talking about it took you that while, that time to build that world. When you are world building, what do you do to find the, the elements of the world to make it believable? Mm. There's a lot of sitting around thinking and staring into space. <laughs> um, but I also do research. I mean, on the fantasy series, I have a lot of history. And um, so the fantasy series, when I was writing, it was quite strongly influenced by ancient Greece and ancient Rome and those sort of cultures. So I read books about it and, you know, I'd, I'd visited Greece and I'd seen Pompeii and I'm um, just trying to imagine myself in the setting and um, pick up little details that will ground the reader in the reality, you know, sort of the little details of how people live and thinking about how people live in a pre-industrial time is really important. But it's kind of fun. And keep lots of notes and ridiculous amount of files. <laughs> yes. So now you are releasing in October 2010 the first book in a new young adult series, the Rosie Black Chronicles, and that's that book is called Genesis. Yes. And but they're set 500 years into the future. Mm. So, um, so tell us a little bit about the Rosie Black Chronicles and how they started coming into your head. Mm. Well, um, you know, I've always had a keen interest in sci-fi. You know, Star Wars had a huge influence on me when I was a kid. <clears throat> and I love all those space shows and things. I don't read a lot of hard sci-fi, but I love to watch it. And um, space opera, that adventure stuff, so I've always loved it. And after spending so much time writing fantasy, I wanted to do something really different. It was just totally separate to that sort of world and set it in the real world, in inverted commas. Um, (laughs) Yeah, um, but I wanted to set it in the future so I could have the spaceships and the technology that would terraform Mars so there would be a colony up there. And I also wanted it to be young adult because that was also very different to what I'd already been writing. Mm. So it was a process of sitting down and thinking, look, I just want to do something really different. I love space opera. I love futuristic stuff and um, I'm also very interested in climate change and uh, worry about you know what's happening to our planet so that was a huge impetus with um, the novel and the world I built around it because I wanted to explore well what would happen if a lot of bad things that we think are going to happen actually do happen what's our world going to be like then Mm. and so where did you get the idea for Rosie that's such a hard question because characters really just sort of come to me mm. um, it's a sort of organic process where I just sort of start thinking about well who who am I going to have and they just sort of appear mm-hmm. and um, Rosie was someone who was the niece of a character I've already created in a short story that's never been published <clears throat> um, who's her aunt Esmeralda Black who's actually in the book as well so I wrote a short story about Esmeralda and then that game thinking about, well, who is Esmeralda and who's her family? Mm-hmm. And then I realised, well, she has a niece called Rosie and who Rosie is. And I really got interested in who Rosie was mm-hmm. and what her story is and, and being a teenager in this world and what it's like and wanted to write about her. 
So then this you this book is for young adults, as you mentioned, and do you have to, what do you do to get into the mindset of writing for a young adult when you've been writing for yeah. um, adults for so long? Yeah, I actually don't find it very difficult because I have very clear memories of my teenage years. Mm. Um, and I think as, as with most writers, I was not like one of the popular crowd being a fringe dweller. So um, it's very clear memories of what it's like to be a teenager and being on the outside and um, the angst and insecurities and the uh, you know the things that go with it. Mm. So I could draw on that. Mm. So it's not very difficult to get into a mind to regress, if you like. It's actually a lot of fun. Um, because with adults you have to consider so many other things and all the history that they've already got. But with teenagers, it's it's kind of a more of a fresh approach that was actually really good. Do you prefer it? Um, I don't know. Um, at the moment I do because that's what I'm working on. Mm. You know, if you ask me once I'm working on the third book and the twins are Sarantium, I might say, well, that's what I like doing now. Yes. So with the twins of Sarantium, Sarantium series. Mm. Um, are you? You've had two novels in that series so far. Yeah. Are you writing another one then? Yes, there is a third one, um, um, but I don't have a publication date for that one yet. Mm -hmm. um, but it will. That will be the last book in the series. It, that was I've made it as a trilogy. Mm -hmm. So that will um, tie up it all. And is that the same as the Rosie Black Chronicles? Uh, no, Rosie is quite different. I've always had in mind when I'm writing Rosie that. It's um, more of separate stories about her growing up. So, Where is the Twins is one sort of great big story arc, which is like sort of a big book broken up. Rosie is more of an episodic story. I mean, it follows, there is, you know, like a major story arc that goes through the whole lot. But each book is a, a separate sort of adventure in her life. Mm -hmm. And at the moment with Walker, I've got three books contracted, but I certainly have ideas for more, so we'll just see how it goes. Right. <laughs> so that's going to keep you busy for a while. Yes. <laughs> so tell us then, where do you write? What's your writing, when you're writing, what's your writing routine? Do you have a particular, you know, ritual or, or structure to your day? Yeah, oh, I try to. Um, I'm not as organised as I would like to be. Um, I have to have a cup of tea when I start. But do you know how many authors tell me that? <laughs> <laughs> Probably just about every single one. It's something about sitting there with a warm cup of tea in your hand it's it's like trying to enter the the space that you need to be in when you're creating other it's yeah that's my definitely my only ritual um so um because my husband's a teacher I usually sort of start working when he when he goes to work and finish when he comes home it doesn't always work out sometimes I spend a lot of time just staring <laughs> frustration at the computer you know banging my head on the desk but um I think that's just part of the course when you're creating something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So where are you based? Where do you do you have to sit at home, or can you do it in cafes or when you're travelling? No, I I um really need to be on my own to to actually write. Editing is a bit different. I can do that in a hotel room, but um I really need if I'm creating a story, I I work much better if I'm able to have my own space and sit in my in front of my computer. Mm. Right, I'm not the kind of person who can write in a cafe because I just get too distracted at eavesdropping other people's conversations. Yeah. <laughs> and do you have a target word count, or how does that work for you? Yeah, I try to say, look, I'm going to try and write 2,000 words a day. Right, 2,000. 2,000 words, mm -hmm. yeah. doesn't always work. Sometimes I write more. When that's a really good day. If I write 4,000 words, it's a really good day. Mm. Um, once I did try and I write 10,000 words in a day. Oh, my God. 
which is kind of, I actually succeeded much to my absolute surprise. It's a good exercise if you've got a bit of writer's block. Basically, you just sit down, have an idea the day before what you want to write, you sit down and then just start typing and don't look back. Mm. Even for spelling errors, it's the only way to do it. Mm. I've only done that once because it's actually quite exhausting. And were they 10,000 usable words? Well, I'm editing it at the moment, so I'm hopeful, but I'm... I, but I'm pretty sure that there will be several thousand that will just get dumped. Mm-mm. But it's a good way to try and, and clear your mind and get to, to what you're trying to say. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And so do you – because writers approach uh, their stories in very different ways. Are you the kind of writer who has a very clear plot already and you fill in the blanks or do you have no idea where you're going and mm-hmm. you just start writing? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not a, um, a meticulous planner. I have what I, I draw what I call as a plot arc. I have just a great big line on a piece of paper starting at one end and, and going upwards. And I write, well, this is where the story starts. This is where I see it ending. And this is the middle climactic part. And a few points in between. But um, it's, most of it is very much a work in progress. So I have a basic storyline that I can that can give me some sort of light in the dark if you want to speak mm. that way but um, <clears throat> otherwise I, I sort of figure it out as I go towards that end point because otherwise I find I get too caught up in what I've already written and it's the stymies my my imagination a bit. Mm. So your first novel took 10 years and obviously you've become uh, you've, you've shortened that time frame now these days so what is your estimate say from um, beginning to end of uh, your first draft these yeah. days? Well um, in writing the second twins book it took me 10 months right. to the first draft um, but um, Rosie Black Genesis really probably only took about six because the book, mostly because it's a much shorter book mm. and, and it's not as complicated. So it really depends on the type of book I'm writing. But a book a year is really probably what I can produce. Mm. The same for many people, I think. And you, so you're writing full-time then? Do you do other things? No, I do write full-time. I gave up my day job um, in mid-2007. Mm-hmm. Um and um, luckily I have a supportive husband and we were in a financial position where we could do that. <laughs> but um, it's, it's an absolute godsend because I don't know how people get their deadlines and everything done if they have a day job still. Yeah. And yeah. was that a scary decision to, to go and take the plunge? It wasn't actually because I was at a, a period of time and the job I was in that I really, I really needed to leave. So it was an absolute relief. <laughs> to leave and to just know well, all I can do, all I have to do now is just write. It was a wonderful feeling. What is the most um, rewarding thing about the whole writing process? What do you what what helps you get out of bed every day for? I think um, it's that moment when you might be finally find yourself caught up in the world and everything is just coming together and there's this wonderful sense of peace and tranquility as the words are just coming out and you're actually producing something at the end of the day and the day can look back and go, I actually have written something that's actually not bad and the words all seem to be in the right order, which is um, and it's not something you can really beat. I think it's just this wonderful satisfaction feeling that's produced something. Mm. That's the word, isn't it, satisfaction? And uh, finally, what's your advice to budding authors who are listening to this and thinking they want to win the short story competition or they want to write their first novel? Yeah, well, 
I definitely think, because um, I've met people who said I really want to write and I'm writing this book, and I keep writing the first chapter over and over again, it's not good enough. And I think um, something that people really have to do is allow themselves to write badly in the first draft and just get it finished. Mm. Because um, unless you're a very experienced writer and can write that way, constantly going over what you're doing, you can get so bogged down that you never finish anything. And if you don't finish anything, of course, you're never going to get published. Mm. So it's really important to just finish something and then fix it in the rewrite. And also not to put too much pressure on yourself because writing is such a long process and it's not something you just do overnight and be persistent because if you give up, you'll never get there. I mean, it took me 10 years. (laughs) And I think most people who actually do get published are the ones who are just totally dogged and just don't give up, which is really hard when you keep getting rejected. But um, you just have to keep going and believe that you can do it. Otherwise... You know, you're never going to make it. And did you get many rejections when you were starting out? I did. I've really struggled to get any short stories published, which is why it was such a shock when I actually won a short story competition mm. because I tried to do the you know, the traditional route where you write short stories and send them into magazines and, um, mm. and get all these rejections. Um, so I, maybe I'm just more of a natural novel writer. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it is a bit hard. And you sort of have to give yourself a, a, a week or so to get over it and then put it aside and keep going. Mm. And, and it doesn't stop too. I think there's probably, you know, there's still published writers who write books and um, people just don't want to publish them for a variety of reasons. And what would your advice be to continue that motivation then? Um, you, you need people around you who are supportive. Um, so if someone's going to run you down all the time, then dump them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and try and develop networks. I mean... It's. I mean, I know coming from a regional area, that can be very difficult, which is why the internet is such a godsend to me. I've, um, I meet people online, people I can talk to online who understand mm. what I'm going through and how difficult it can be. They don't need to be published writers. They just need to be people who are as committed to the writing as you are. And you can complain to each other that no one else understands. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, what they mean. That's really important. Yeah, networks are vital. <clears throat> Absolutely, yeah. All right, on... On that note, thank you very much for your time today, Lara. Thank you very much. It's been fun. You've been listening to the Sydney Writers' Centre podcast on writers and writing. My name's Valerie Koo. You can find us online, including details about our courses, seminars and online learning, as well as information on our regular competitions where you can win books, movie tickets and literary experiences at www.sydneywriterscentre.com.au or visit me on my personal website, www.sydneywriterscentre.com.au ValerieKoo.com. That's ValerieKoo, K-H-O-O.com. Thank you for listening.